So, right now, though, if you will turn your Bibles with me into John, the sixth chapter, and verse 38. I want to talk to you today about God's will. You know, if we could figure out a place to establish the will of God, how much more stable could we be in our faith? How much more tenacity would we have? How much more resistance would we rise up with? And so today I want to talk to you about God's will. And once we find the will of God, there is some, nothing that can separate us from it but you and I. But I want to tell you something. I know that you want and I want God's will for our life. I know that you want and I want to walk in God's perfect will. We know that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Now, John 6.38 says this. I came, Jesus speaking, I came not down from heaven to do my will, but the will of him or the Father who sent me. So now we begin to discover the whole purpose that we see about Jesus' life is not about him at all. It's really about carrying out God's will. So whenever we see Jesus in motion, what we see is the will of God in action. And so I remember one time where Thomas asked Jesus, show us the Father, and, and it'll be sufficient. In other words, just show us what he wants us to do. Show us in a concrete way that this is his will and it will be enough. It will sustain us through battle. It will sustain us through emotional war. It will sustain us through the struggles. It will sustain us through need. And so Jesus wants you to be able to be sustained through all of these things that you and I are going through on a daily basis. Well, I want to tell you that Jesus answered Thomas's request. Jesus says to Thomas in John 14, 9, Thomas, have I been with you so long that you have become so accustomed to me that you have not recognized that when you see me, you see the Father. Can you imagine Jesus is unveiling the invisible God, the invisible will. Luke says that he came as a light to those that sat in darkness. People were blinded. They were blinded by tradition, by religion, by struggle, by, by depression, by need. They were being ruled by the Roman Empire. But Jesus says, look, you need to understand that I am the Father in the flesh. Remember, Isaiah called him Emmanuel, God with us. So Jesus is the Father and his will in motion. Hebrews 1-2 says that God has spoken to us in these last days. Now, God spoke through angels. God spoke through signs. God spoke through wonders. He spoke through miracles. He spoke through prophets and through kings. But in these last days, these are the last days. In the last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, Hebrews 1-2. So we understand that we 
when we look to see God's will, all we have to do is look to Jesus. John 12, says, He that believeth on Jesus does not believe on him, but on him that sent him. He that seeth me seeth him, the Father that sent me. I am come as a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in the darkness. Shall not abide in the darkness. What does darkness do? Darkness reigns where there is an ignorance of God's will. But God doesn't want you and I to be like people that are separated from him, people that do not know him or have experienced him. That's why it's so important to know the scripture so that we can say this is what the word of the Lord says. But Jesus gives such a massive encompassing of God's will that it's his life that is shed forth and unveiled showing to us without question what the will of God is for our life. We know that the Son of God is come and hath given unto us an understanding that we may know him, God, that is true and that we are in him and that we are in him that is true even in his Son, Jesus Christ. That we could have an understanding. What is the misconception? The question, if this is God or if this is not God. Is this his will or is it not his will? But we may wonder about so many translations. I don't know how many translations are in the world today. And what you have to do is you have to choose your own. I'm just a King James guy, but that doesn't make me any better than you. You have your own. You have to weigh it out. You have to do your research. You have to prove that what you are entrusting as truth and as a revelation of God is just that. That it has not been made up by just men or denomination. What are you willing to lay it all on the line for? Well, you have to choose that. It's totally up to you, not to me. Now, some people say, well, I think you ought to just tell them. Well, it's not my place to make people serve God. It's my place to encourage them to seek God, and when they seek him, they will find him. You can't make people do anything, but what you can do, encourage them to do what's right. And while they pray about it, as they seek God, they will find that which is right. So when all of these interpretations come, you know, people say, well, this was the Greek, okay? This was the Hebrew, okay? Well, this was this, and this was that, okay? So which one are you going to choose? Well, let me tell you how to remedy all of this. If you really want to know the will of God, the interpretation of the scriptures, the outlaying of what God is meaning, what the intent of a scripture is, what the intent of what Jesus Christ is all about, the intent of God for every man and woman, what you have to do is not argue about which, interpreta which uh, interpretation of the Bible is right or wrong. All you and I need to do is look at the life of Jesus. 
That's it. It is on display. It is revealed to man the living will of God. It is the will of God, God in motion, in an individual that we call Emmanuel, that we call Jesus, that we call Messiah, that we call Lord, that we call King of Kings. It is Him who represents God and only Him. And so we see that even though Scripture say things, when you see evidence, remember Paul made this statement. He preached the Scriptures, he revealed things, but then he said this, be you followers of me as I am of Christ. Yes, the word was very important, but Paul also looked at the life of Jesus to come to a concrete, unmovable, unchangeable revelation of who God was. Remember, he would speak like in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Hebrews, he is our high priest. Hebrews, the seventh chapter, he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Paul was constantly establishing and reaffirming his faith and his revelation of God and the intent of the Scripture to a place that it was unchallengeable by relying on who Jesus had been. So we have to realize if Paul used that as a standard, should we not use that as the same standard? Yes. And so today we're talking about Jesus comes to do the will of God. Now what was the will of God? Or we could tagline this, of saying, who will Jesus heal? Because we know that God is a healer because Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus comes and divides the place of un misunderstanding. God is not the author of sickness, but he is the cure of all sickness. And so Jesus comes because there is this struggle between health and sickness. There, there is this struggle. Well, God says I'm healed, but I am struggling physically. Well, God says I'm healed, but I'm on medication. God says that I'm healed, but I've been afflicted. I've been in an accident. I've been hurt. I've been on workman's comp. Whatever it might be, those are places of struggle because we have not established who God is by allowing the life of Jesus to speak to us. Hallelujah. And so when Jesus speaks to us by illustration, by life in motion, what we see is that he is a healer, not doing his will, but doing the will of the Father. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. What's he talking about? He's saying he is the will of God, and the will of God never changes despite our seasons, our times, and our situation. God gives us that we stand upon a solid rock. In other words, when we establish Jesus' will because of God's will being in him, 
then we are unmovable. We have a faith that cannot and will not bow to time and to outward evidence. We will stand strong, and there is this rock of Gibraltar that everybody talked about. Nothing can move this rock. Well, nothing can move you off of Jesus when you know who he is and what his will is. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went about. Remember, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is the expression of God's will for us today. And he went about doing good, healing the sick and the depressed and the diseased. He hasn't changed, and he's here to do the very same thing that he did then. Why? Because he never changes. What he was then, he is today. Was Abraham the father of faith before he died? Yes. Is he the father of faith today after he's died? Yes, he is. Was Paul an apostle before he died? Yes, he was. Is he an apostle today after he's dead? Yes. And so we understand that even though Jesus is dead, what he was before he died, he still is today. Hallelujah. So we understand Jesus is a healer. Hallelujah. And he's a savior of souls. If you're watching me today, Jesus doesn't just want you to be healed. He wants you to be saved. See, healing is a byproduct of who Jesus is in your life. But the first place that he needs to have in your life is that he is Lord in your life. In other words, Jesus says these words, I came not to condemn the world, but I came into the world that they might be saved. What is Jesus telling us? That the most predominant issue in God's will is that you not be lost. Not be lost in an eternal hell. That is not God's will for you, friend. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't even matter what you're doing right now. Nothing that you've done has shaken God, surprised Him, or caught Him off guard. But what He is doing today, He has sent His only begotten Son to die for your sins. Now, He did that because of his overwhelming love for you. He is so unrestrained about showing it. He displayed it, and it hath appeared unto all men, Titus, and his salvation. Now, God appears to men and reveals the cross to you and I. And he does that so that you, friend, would know that it's God's will to save you. I myself did things that I should have been in jail for. I'd done things that I should be in prison for. I've done things that people would be shamed for life for. But in all of this, God broke through into my life. And it was on a Sunday morning. And I want to encourage you that God never come to condemn me that day. He come for one reason, and that was to save me. 
if you are watching me right now, if you are watching me, whether it's YouTube, however you're watching me, I want to encourage you that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or if your relationship with him has been broken and you've walked away like a prodigal son, I'm telling you that today, this moment, right now, the most important thing in God's agenda is for you to be rescued, for you to be delivered, for you to be freed from death and to be the beholder, recipient, the receiver of eternal life. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you want to be a part of God's plan. You really want God in your life. You're just fed up with what is making you fed up. If you're tired of being tired, if you're weary of being weary, if you're just wrung out, rag-torn, with no place else to go, God is waiting. And he's extending his hand, Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness. And he asks you, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, there is rest in salvation, but there's nothing but struggle in sin. There is peace in salvation, nothing but torment in sin. And so I extend to you the offer that God gives to us all through Jesus Christ. Come unto me. All ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come unto me, a father embracing the children that have never known him. And he's receiving you today, and you are going to be born again. You're going to be adopted. You're going to be a new creature. Old things have passed away. Simply pray this prayer with me. What you say is important, but what you do afterward is far more important. Just say this with me, Lord Jesus, I know you come to save me. The cross says that to me. This is God's will for my life. Jesus, I know you died for my sins. I know you shed your blood to wash them away. And I know that you died for me, and on the third day, you raised from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you, confess you as Lord of my life. I denounce all hidden works of darkness, and I declare that God is my Father. I declare that I'm born again. Amen and amen. Click on there and let me know that you've given your life to Christ. You've come back from the prodigal son's uh, living conditions, and you're coming into the house of God. Please do that. Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 25, and they brought the sick and unto him and those that were taken with diverse diseases, torments, and they that were possessed with devils and those who were lunatics and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. He healed them. Number one, we see that it's God's will to heal because we see Jesus doing it. Number two, it's God's will that them, all of them, be healed no matter what disease they have, 
Nothing is too hard. The hand of God is not short that it cannot save. But I'm telling you that God is here to do for you what you have never been able to do for yourself. Hallelujah. It wasn't God's will to turn anybody away, and it's not God's will to turn you away today. It's never God's will to say no to the sick. Sometimes the sick say no to God. But today, you and I are accepting that it's God's will that you and I be saved and delivered in Christ Jesus. Remember that Jesus came to destroy all the works, every one of them, and sickness is the oppression of the devil. Hallelujah. And then in Matthew 8, 14, and as Jesus was in the house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law sick. He touched her hand, and she raised up, and she ministered unto Jesus. You know, we can't carry out the Father's will when we are oppressed and broken by the devil's activity. Luke 19, 9, Jesus said unto Zacchaeus, Today is salvation come into your house. And that day, that word salvation means what it did in the past. It means Zacchaeus, deliverance has come to your house. Healing has come to your house. Freedom from your enemies. Blessings that God has for you. Benefits to give you health, prosperity, and life have come from my Father to your house. Hallelujah. Jesus is the healer. And he's here today to heal you and I. There is no distance of sickness and healing. Jesus spoke to a man, a centurion, to his servant, and, he, and his servant said, speak the word only. And he spoke the word of God. And the word of God moved faster than a running horse. And it impacted his servant. And when the centurion got home, the servant was whole. Now some of you are going to receive instantaneous miracles. Some of you are going to receive a sign that something has happened. Whatever it might be, I want you to tell me what's going on so we can rejoice with you. We want to pray for David today. He has mental confusion, hallucinations, and he has been diagnosed with stage four renal failure. I want to pray for Wayne with acid reflux. Becky with restoration in her body and her emotions. Nelson's dad is in the hospital for open heart surgery. Shane for a Christian girlfriend. The only kind to have, Shane. And then we have Andy healing from cancer. Renee. She has an infection in her back. Dave and Darcy, they need salvation. Todd's brother-in-law started chemo. Terry's skin disease caused, yep, that's one over me, uh, dermia. And uh, body, the unborn baby, the doctor's saying won't make it. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, 
We say he will. Lurie, grandson, is in the Navy, medic. Rebecca has coronavirus. Cadence, salvation for her son. Mary, gallstones for her body to be freed. Twisted back, back pain, eating disorder. Household to be saved. Cancer on the neck. John's sister and brother and uh, wife, brother and wife, have the coronavirus. Eczema, health and growth, poison ivy, and peace. You see, people are reaching out and calling out for salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, breath healing for hip. Father, we pray right now. We pray, God, for all hip conditions, all conditions, Father, of the joints. We pray right now over arthritis. We command every cell of arthritis to come out of them right now. All swelling of joints to dissipate. Right now, freedom and freedom of pain to come out of them. Let them go. God, I loose, I loose the working of miracles upon them. I pray, God, for skin diseases. I pray, God, for health, growth. I pray, God, for poison ivy. And I pray, God, for a supernatural peace. Now, I pray for right now every skin disease. Jesus declared to the leprosy, I say, be thou cleansed. I say to eczema, I say right now to all types of dermatology, I speak right now in Jesus Christ's name that that skin be cleared up in Jesus' name. I pray God for health and growth in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose, I loose right now, God, a freedom for health and growth. I loose God, I curse poison ivy, you devil, Come off of her right now. And God, I speak peace. I come right now this tormented, confusing spirit in the name of Jesus over their minds. I break its power in Jesus' name. I pray for Cadence's son, God. God, let right now you put a hook in his jaw, God, and bring him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I curse these gallstones. I command them to come out right now. Dissipate. Go in the name of Jesus. God, I loose miracles. God, to heal that that gallbladder will not produce stones anymore. Now, I pray for this twisted back and I pray for back pain in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God, I loose the working of miracle to straighten this back up. Untwisted, God. Cause all this back pain, this lower back, this hip, hip area. Come out of them in Jesus' name. Now, God, I loose the working of miracles. I command this eating disorder. I command this eating disorder in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You let this girl go. In the name of Jesus, you stop tormenting her, stealing her value, twisting her vision of herself. I command you to come out of her in Jesus' name. 
I pray God right now that God Marla's household would be saved, would be saved. Visit them, God, and bring every one of them to Jesus Christ. God, I speak to this cancer on this neck. You cancerous tumor, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of him, loose his neck. And God, I curse it, and I command it to die, and I loose miracles in Jesus Christ's name. I command right now that John's sister-in-law and his brother's wife, I curse this coronavirus in her, and I command by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to die, come out of her, loose her blood, her lungs, in Jesus' name. Then, God, I pray for healing of Andy from this cancer. I command right now in the name of Jesus, you cancerous devil, I command every cell of cancer to come out of them right now. I loose miracles into Andy's body. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, praise God. And then I pray, God, for, for this paralytic that has an infection in their back. I command that infection in this back area. I command it in Jesus Christ's name. You devil, come out of her. And God, I loose miracles into these legs. I loose miracles, God, right now. I command this crippled devil, loose Renee right now. And let life come back to her legs. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I speak right now for Dave and Darcy for salvation. I pray, God, that today would be their day. That, God, you would lead them to the voice, to the program, to the preaching, to an in-law. God, to friends that will introduce them to Jesus Christ. Save them today, Holy Ghost, in Jesus Christ's name. Todd's brother-in-law started chemo. I cursed this cancer. God, let this chemo not have an effect upon Todd's brother-in-law. Oh, God, let it do what it's designed to do. But God, let him rise up strong and have no ill effects of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And I speak to this skin disease. I command right now this skin disease on Terry. I curse you. I command you to be thou clean. I command every cell of it to die. I command your blood to be transformed in Jesus' name. I command right now that you would watch over Larie's grandson. I speak that Rebecca that has this coronavirus, I curse it. I command her breathing. I command her lungs, her bronchial passages. I command in the name of Jesus, be free in Jesus Christ's name. I speak, God, to this child. The doctors say it won't make it. Father, 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 I call upon you, the God of miracles. And I speak to this unborn child. And I loose life in this child. And I speak to this child that has a destiny from God. And I command you to live in Jesus' name. Live in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak to this mental confusion and hallucinations. 
diagnosed with stage four renal failure. I curse right now this renal failure. I curse it. I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this mental confusion and hallucinations stop in the name of Jesus. I curse this acid reflux. I command it right now in the name of Jesus to dry up and to come out of Wayne in Jesus' name. I speak to Becky, restoration in body and emotions. Oh God, new beginnings, rebuilding God stronger in Jesus' name. God, I pray for Nelson's dad. I ask that this open heart surgery would go totally beyond textbook. That God, he would rise up and that he will live and be strong and recover quickly in Jesus' name. I pray for Shane that God, you would bring him a Christian girlfriend. And God, I thank you that you're answering prayer that many of you right now have already been touched. You know that God has done something in your life. Go to your comment box and text me. Let me know that God's doing something. Then I speak to all types of tumors, growths, calcium buildups. I command every growth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out of them. Every gorder, every thyroid problem, all these tumors, I command you, swelled gland, go in Jesus' name. I pray right now for mental depression. I pray for confusion. I pray, God, for insight. the Lord of peace to touch your mind in Jesus name I command every person on a cane, a walker wheelchair, you that have knees, bone upon bone you that have hip problems I curse them in the name of Jesus, rise up be thou made whole in Jesus name I command right now Everyone that is dealing with suicidal spirits, I command you to come out of them and let them go. They're the property of God. Now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for deaf ears in the right and in the left ear. I command right now all types of ear damage, all types of eardrum broken, all types of bones that have been shattered. I command this deaf devil in the right ear. I command you to come in the name of Jesus. I command you, you deaf devil in the left ear, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. I command this blind devil. I command blindness by sugar diabetes. I command retina damage. I command right now pupil uh, damage. God, it, I, I get this pupil disalignment. I don't know what that means, but God is healing it. I speak to blood vessels and nerve endings into the eyes and behind the eyes. I speak right now a miracle. God, I command these blind devils in the right eye to come out in the name of Jesus. And I command this blind devil in this left eye to come out in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loose, God, the working of miracles in the area of hearing let every ear right and left hear in the name of Jesus I command every blind eye be opened 
in Jesus' name, I loose, God, the working of miracles into these blind eyes in Jesus' name. I speak to twisted arms. I speak, God, to a bones. I speak, God, to stroke victims. And I command you to be free. I loose right now, God, their movement of their extremities. Let them come alive. Let them begin to move them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Three years old. This young child, three years old, has a leaking heart valve. Father, in the name of Jesus. Now I know that whoever's watching turned this in wants me to say, Father, the second time. And I say to you that in the name of Jesus, I command that valve to stop leaking for the rest of their life. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to quickly get in your testimonies. Turn them in. And if you know somebody that has one of the diseases we prayed for, I want you to call those people and say, hey, you know what? Our pastor just prayed for this sickness. And when he prayed for it, I thought of you. Check yourself and see if God has done something you'll find that that twisted back is made whole. You'll find that back pain has been done away with. You'll find feet and leg pain has been totally uh, taken away. You'll see things happening in your body today. You'll see things that have already happened in your body. So please, turn in your testimonies. Hallelujah. Now, right now, what we're going to do, I know that I said I was going to take communion before, but I just got... I just want to pray for the sick. So, going to have to forgive me. Now, they tell me that viewing goes down when we start taking this. But at the end of us taking communion, we have some announcements for you that we, we really need for you to hear. So, we're going to receive communion. And it's not going to be the typical way. It's going to be the way that if you and I were in the wilderness or if you and I were in a cave, if you and I were maybe stuck someplace and we had nothing but what was in our hands, but we felt compelled of God to call to remembrance that which Paul received from Jesus for us, the Gentile church. And it's found in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the 11th chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and it's found in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, this little symbolism. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take eat. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup. The New Testament, which was given in his blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. 
You know, people would eat bread and drink wine. And never consider what Jesus had done. But you could take that same wine symbolized by his blood, the same bread symbolizing his broken body, and you could do it in remembrance of him. So it's not the typical, but it's what we do today. It is the intent. Remember that Jesus bore your sins, your iniquities, your transgressions, and the curse of the law that the blessings of Abraham might come upon you. Today is the day of blessing from our Savior to your life. Let us eat. And then some would take wine for drunken purposes. But you and I today take this symbolism as a remembrance of the death of Jesus Christ. Where it flowed from seven holes on his body. Two feet, two hands, one crown, one side. Jesus shed his blood for you and I. Let us drink and remember that we are forgiven. Hallelujah. And his back. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking I only gave you six, seven.